Well, good morning, LCM. Today is April 5th, 2020. It's good to be with you on this fine, quarantined kind of morning. Yeah. Pastor Matt and I have not only been studying the scripture, but we've been, uh, you know, concerned about our current uh, coronavirus situation with new testing sites and rapid testing developments that, that are now impacting the president and coming from the CDC. Constant barrage of numeric updates on the current pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we, as responsible leaders, we want to let you know that uh, Pastor Matt and I have received the results of our blood test. We have. It's true. Our blood tests clearly show that we are in the vast minority. Only about 2% of American pastors testing positive. Yep. But we found out, according to our blood test, we are absolutely positive. Yep, we are. It's true. Uh, We're marked with all the signs and all the symptoms of being truly, completely, hopelessly, utterly infected. We are. It's actually been proven that we are carriers. I'm a carrier. Somebody say, carrier. Carrier. Carriers of a heavenly, divine contagion. Yeah! We are carriers of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The title of today's message is, Carrier. Say it with me. Carriers. Carriers. Hey, let's carry ourselves to Genesis 45. Say carriers when you're there. I'm positive that we got it. Oh, yeah, brother. It's a rapid test. Genesis 45, verse 8. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. Say, but God. But God. He made me father to Pharaoh. Say, father. Father. Lord of his entire household. Say, Lord. Lord. And ruler of all Egypt. Say, ruler. Ruler. See, this is the story of Joseph. And as we know and are familiar with, is that Joseph received two dreams as a young man. He received a double witness of a revelation of what God had called him to be and what God would accomplish through his life. And what we see here now is the culmination and the fulfillment of it. He's standing in it. He's not laying blame to those that had a hand in the fulfillment of this revelation. Instead, he puts the responsibility squarely on the favor, the revelation, and the blessing that God had given him. And it resulted in those three monikers that we just repeated. And that was Father. Say Father again. Father. It was Lord. Say Lord. Lord. And it was Ruler. Say Ruler. Ruler. See, that revelation that he received as a young man now taking fruition in all three of these monikers. Proved that that revelation that he originally received was worthy of endurance. It was worthy of being sustained through all trials and all tribulations. The revelation that Joseph was carrying was meant to be tested so that it could be approved. When you receive something divine from heaven, it's going to be tested. But hold out hope because soon there will come an approval of it. Because in the end, God would be the only one to get the glory. That's why we have you repeat, but God, when we read this verse. Joseph carried that revelation as a favored son and as a despised brother. 
Y'all remember that? He carried that revelation as a slave within Potiphar's house. But did that stop him, saints? He carried that revelation as a prisoner in a jail cell forsaken by the men around him that he helped deliver. Did that stop him? None of these trials or oppositions could destroy the divine revelation that Joseph had received from heaven. He carried that revelation through each circumstance that looked like death. But we pick up in verse 9 and see the life that began to come out of this. Now hurry back to my father and say to him, This is what your son Joseph says. God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Don't delay. He had this zeal. He had this fire in him. Says, my brothers, go run back to my father. Bring him the fulfillment of this revelation that he originally gave me. Since we have to carry this revelation all the way to the finish line. So that God alone can get the glory. Let's all take a look at verse 21 in the same chapter. So the sons of Israel did this. Joseph gave them carts as Pharaoh had commanded. And he also gave them provisions for their journey. To each of them, to each of his brothers, he gave new clothing. Somebody say new clothing. New clothing. Come on now, that sounds pretty fancy. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 shekels of silver and five sets of clothing. Man, I wish we had time to get into that today. And this is what he sent to his father. This is Joseph sending things to his father. Ten donkeys. Somebody say a donkey. Donkey. Loaded with the best things of Egypt. Man, talk about a care package. Talk, talk about a gift bag that he's sending to his dad. It's got the best. It's got the best things of Egypt. And ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and other provisions for his journey. Church, we want to let you know that provision for your journey is always the end result of you carrying out God's revelation. As you're walking in revelation, as you are carrying revelation, your provision will always be taken care of in a supernatural kind of way. See, you even get new clothing. Come on now, we, you've been around here long enough to know what clothing represents. To have new righteous deeds that the God of all creation, that the Savior of the world can give to you because you are carrying out revelation. See, carriers of revelation are always clothed with something brand new, with something exceptional from the Savior of the world. See, that's what happens when you're a carrier. Donkeys that we see here, we have ten donkeys loaded with the best things. And we have ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread. Wow, what an interesting number. Ten. And we have the male donkeys and the female donkeys. We have two sets of donkeys that are carrying provision back towards Joseph's honored father. Man, this is going to be an important thing for us to grasp hold of today. Let's take a look at verse 25 as we continue. So they went up out of Egypt and came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan. They told him, Joseph is still alive. In fact, he is ruler of all Egypt. Jacob was stunned. He did not believe them. But when they told him everything Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts Joseph had sent to carry him back, the spirit of their father Jacob revived. And Israel said, I'm convinced. My son Joseph is still alive. I will go and see him before I die. See, what the brothers did is that they carried the revelation all the way to the Father. Along with carts that caused him to be convinced 
of their revelation. It was evidence. It was a title deed within their hand of what that revelation had done and accomplished. Joseph. Joseph had received life from the dead. And that led to Jacob being revived as well. Jacob was revived to life and coming out of death. Revelation that you receive from heaven is designed to bring revival. It was designed to restore hope. It's to resurrect the promises that God has given us. Jacob says, I will go and see him before I die. See, Jacob now in the state of being revived, he is now determined to set about on a journey to go see with his own eyes the son that was brought back from the dead. He's ready to run, Miss Joe. He's ready to get on that journey. I want to put my hands on the tangible fulfillment of the revelation. Jacob's life was not complete until his eyes could witness the revelation that his sons carried all the way to him, man. I think what Pastor just said is an important point here. See, it is important for you to get revelation. There's revelation that is for you today. But the revelation that you receive is not just for you today. Come on. See, we're supposed to be carriers of the revelation. Yes. We are in a relay race, as Miss Joe prophesied, that there's somebody coming behind us, Come that on. there's somebody that's gone before us, yeah. and it is our time to make sure that we rightly carry the vision from God, that we rightly carry the yes. presence of God, that we rightly carry the revelation of the heavens. Why? Because there's somebody that's coming after us, and we've got to take this revelation somewhere. We've got to carry it yeah. to the ends of the earth. Let's yeah. turn to Genesis chapter 50 together. Genesis chapter 50. And let's look at verse 24. See, we've seen how Joseph has been a carrier his whole life of revelation. The dreams when he was a young man that he shared with his family. Throughout the difficulties that he had. Into the palace. From the prison. From the prison or the pit into yeah. the palace. What we see is Joseph's life is he is constantly a carrier of revelation. Yeah. In Genesis 50 and verse 24, look what it says. Then Joseph said to his brothers, uh, I'm about to die. But God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Somebody say Revelation. Revelation. You know, we kind of kid around, and if you have been uh, guilty of saying this, this is a polite way for the pastors to correct you with in, in, in the whole group format, so you don't have to do this. The final book in the Bible is not Revelations. Huh? It is not the book of Revelations. It is the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, it is. There is a singular revelation that we Amen. have to get a hold of. Everybody say it's a singular revelation. Singular revelation. See, when we're talking about being a carrier of revelation, you don't get to decide what that revelation is. You can't have a pizza dream and decide that you found out the revelations. See, what you got to have is the actual revelation of the heavens, of who Jesus Christ is. See, what Joseph is saying here, I, I am sure God will surely come to your aid and take you out of this land. Why? Because he promised it to somebody. He promised it to Abraham. He promised it to Isaac. He promised it to my father, Jacob. He promised it, and therefore there is a singular revelation. Amen. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath. Ooh, Ooh you think he's serious here? You, be, you better, I, yeah. you got to swear to me. This is, I'm about to die. You better swear to me that you're going to keep being the carrier of the revelation that I got. You can't let it die with me. 
I may be about to physically die, but you can't let this revelation die. God will surely come to your aid. And then you must carry my bones up from this place. Come on. What a strange request. You need to carry something around. You are a carrier of something. Right now, I want you to carry my bones. After I die, you got to carry this around with you. Because I got it. I got the revelation. I've been carrying it my whole life. Now, I want you to do the same. I want you to understand that the same promise that was to my great-grandfather and my grandfather and my father, it is going to come to pass. I am so confident of it. I am so sure of this revelation that I want you to bring my bones around with you. I want you to always carry. Somebody say, always carry. Always carry. you got to always carry my bones with you wherever you go. Because one day, my bones will get to rest in the... In, within the land that God promised to my forefathers. Yeah. See, Joseph lived according to this revelation, church. He lived according to the revelation. Yeah. Somebody say, the revelation. The revelation. This is what caused Joseph to become the father, the Lord, and the ruler of the entire earth. Yeah. See, he wanted to make sure that they swore an oath because he said, God will surely come to your aid. You know what the word aid here in, in Hebrew it, it implies, it says, we say aid like God will come and help you. It's more of an idea that the commander of the universe is going to come and be with you. Yeah. That, that the commander, that God himself is going to come, the ruler of the earth, the ruler of the world, the ruler of the universe will now come and be with you. Boy, that's a different kind of aid, isn't it? Yeah. That's, that's not a government check that may or may not be coming anytime soon. That's a different kind of aid. But when he does, I'm so confident I want my dead bones to be there to witness this. Amen. Yes. Look at verse 26. So Joseph died at the age of 110. Woo. And we ain't got nobody close to that in this place. After they embalmed him. Huh. How nice that the best embalmers maybe in the history of mankind embalmed Joseph. He was placed in a coffin in Egypt. You know what I found out? I found out the word for coffin is the exact same word that's used for the ark. What? Are you telling me that there was an ark of the testimony of God's faithfulness even before there was an ark of the testimony of God's faithfulness? Are you telling me that this is such an important idea for us to be carriers of the revelation of God that even in the book of Genesis, God is saying, I can't wait. No, I can't wait. I know I got a, I got a couple more generations here. We've got a couple more hundred years to go, but I can't even wait. I want them to be carrying around an ark of the revelation of my presence even before there is one. Yeah. Come on now, church. What are you carrying around? We're always supposed to be carrying around this revelation. Speaking of that, let's turn to Exodus chapter 25. Say carriers whenever you're there. Verse 14. Insert the poles into the rings on the sides of the chest to carry it. Say carry it. The poles are to remain in the rings of this ark. They are not to be removed. Then put in the ark the testimony which I will give you. See what God has been building in men's lives over and over again is a container a coffin, an ark that would house his testimony, and it was designed to be carried on the shoulders of men. 
It uses the plural word poles here. So I'm going to assume it's more than just one. I'm going to say it's two. Every artist's rendition that we have of it as studying the scripture, you see on both sides, you have two poles that are there. You know, the Hebrew word for a pole here is bud. Talking to Ohad, he said it's bud. It's a bet and a dollar put together. And this word is found or is based on the root word that means to divide or to separate. Now, these poles that were inserted into the sides of this ark, they were made of acacia wood. Acacia grows in the desert. It has a thorny exterior. And it has a center tap root that is deeply embedded in the world. And he's saying, go to this tree that is deeply embedded. It has a thorny exterior, a harsh tree. Uproot it. Divide it. Separate it from its attachment to this world. Strip it of its outer bark. Shape it and form it so it can be attached to the ark of my testimony. And that is always to be carried upon the shoulders of men. Come on, what it, what it means to be a carrier, it means that you have to come out and be separate from the world. It means you have to be separated from the mastery of sin. It's going to bring a distinction. Carriers of the ark of the testimony are going to bring a distinctive element between the presence of God and the presence of everything else. He then said, put in the ark the testimony. That is the revelation of who God is. And there's a promise which I will give you. Come on, he's building the the container The coffin, the ark that will house the testimony that is to come, that will be in the future. Because the testimony, the revelation was designed to be carried on the shoulders of men. What is God working within you? The testimony that he will give you, but more importantly, that he has given you and that he is giving you now is to be carried on your shoulders. And that is the primary design of God separating you out from this world, making you distinct, cladding you with gold, a divine nature, so that the presence and glory and revelation of God can be carried on you. Come on, let's turn to Joshua chapter 3. When you get to Joshua chapter 3, find verse 17 and say carried when you get there. Joshua 3, 17 says this. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground. See, pastors just laid it out so well. He's saying that the only people who were allowed to carry this are the priests. The people who have been set apart. The people have been designated to be able to be the ones that have the presence of God upon the shoulders of mankind. You can't put this presence on a cart. You can't put it on the back of a truck. You can't put it somewhere else. It is designed to be carried by you and me. It's designed to be carried by us. The priest who carried the ark. I have a slide that I want you to see that's this word for carried. It is the word nasah. could be... Lift off. Lift up. To carry. Nassau. If you're from Texas, you might say NASA. NASA. To lift hmm. off. Hmm. To carry. You'll be able to remember that word now. You're welcome. Uh, 
If you'll see in the Hebrew there, the letters that are there, we wrote them out for you just so you can understand what we were getting at. When we were considering the priests that were carrying the ark, standing out in the middle of, of adversity, standing out in the middle of opposition so that the entirety of God's people could cross on in front of them. They, they can hand the baton and watch people go ahead and finish in front of them and they can bring up the rear on this. The word for Nassah or carry is a noon, a shin, and an aleph. See, if you're going to be a priest, if you're going to be someone who can carry the revelation of God, you've got to continue to be divided in order that you can be a strong leader. Come on. It's Come not on. just a single division sometime long ago. Yeah. You have to continually be stripped of those worldly things. You have to continually be uprooted from those things where your heart is trying to gravitate towards. You have to continually be divided so that you can be the strong That's leader good. who can carry God's yes. presence. See, church, we are building a church full of people who understand that it's not one time that you got divided when Come you were a kid. On. We're saying we're doing it every day. We're crying out to God and saying, Lord, we're going to divide from our own flesh. We're going to divide from our own lives, from the lives of our family. Yeah. Lord, we're going to continue on in this and continue on in this because we want to be one of your strong leaders. Amen. We want to carry that revelation. We want to carry it all the way until there's the next generation that we can hand it to. Tells there's the next group. See, we're going to hear and we're going to watch this group of people carry the revelation of Amen. God in distinction. Separation from the world. Man, I love this. Church, we get to be. We have the most honored place in the world. Yeah, we do. You are children of God. You are those that have been designed, purposed, created, set apart, made distinct to be able to carry God's presence. Yeah. Yeah, see, your, your response is about the way that we actually believe that. You all, you all said that like you mentally ascended to it. Yes. Yes, we have been purposed to carry the revelation. Thank you, Pastor. Just the other day, I was sitting, and I was talking to my wife, and we were praying, and I began to weep because my life is so good, because the Lord has given us so much, because the world is in absolute chaos, and we're standing, being continually divided from all that. We're standing. We're growing in strength as leaders. We're growing as a church. We're getting better and better. We are the men and women of God. We are His sons and daughters, and we are designed to carry His revelation. Amen. What better thing can you hope for? See, if you're the people who are continually, uh, let me just say it this way, what do you need to be continually divided from in your own thoughts to be able to receive that? Mm. Mm. Are you one of those people who just thinks about what you don't have? Wow. Or what you've been blessed with? See, you've got to be continually divided from that. You can't let yeah. fear get up on you. You can't let discouragement or despair be upon you. You've got to be continually divided from that. And that's what Joshua 3 shows us in a powerful way. We are carriers of His revelation. We are carriers of His power. We are carriers of His very divine nature in us. Amen? Amen. Say so, I want to bring an illustration to this word, Nasa. When discussing with our in-house Hebrew native speaker, Ohad, we said, Ohad, you know, is this, what does this word mean? He says, well, it means to lift up. I said, okay. He said, it also means to carry. Huh. In English, those are two separate things. That I can lift up this water bottle, and then I can set it back down. But the understanding that Ohad made so clear, he's like, yeah, it, it's all about the purpose, though. It's the function. Why do you lift something up? It's so that you can actually begin to carry it, that you're going to bring it somewhere. 
See, we have to remove from our, 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 our Hellenistic, our Gentile, Greek-minded nature that our ambition is just to comprehend the revelation. But the goal of the Word of God is that we carry the revelation. That it's lifted up so that we may grasp it, we may obtain it, and we're to take it somewhere. It's to accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. Let's turn to Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2. We're going to read more about this. Say carriers when you're there. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may think about it. So that a herald may inscribe it on Instagram. So that a herald may do what with it, saints? Miss Joe, your word during worship is exactly what this scripture is speaking about. That God has lifted up a revelation so we are to carry it. We're to be heralds that run with it. That we don't stop until it is fulfilled. Because the God who made that revelation come alive to us is going to be the same God that's going to make sure that's fulfilled. He's going to make sure that it accomplishes everything it is aimed at. Let's go to verse 3. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. Oh, this is where our hearts and our minds get in trouble, Pastor. That God has given us a revelation, but we do not understand the length of time that it takes for it to be fulfilled. We get a bit antsy. We jump ahead of God, or we drag our feet in obedience to it. The revelation, it speaks of the end, and it will not prove false. You know what God spoke to me in 2006? He said, Matthew, you are called to propel others into his presence. That revelation, it speaks of the end, but I can tell you right now, it does not prove false. It has been true since the day I was born. It will be true for an eternity as I stand before God. That I'm going to be a herald. I will run with it as a carrier of the revelation of who has made me and what the word has revealed further that builds upon it. Saints, are you going to be a herald that runs with the revelation? Will you carry it on your shoulders and not give up, not estimate based on your timeline, but on God's? Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. There's a persistence that's required to be a carrier of the revelation. And that persistence is rooted in a trust-grounded obedience that says, not just delay, it will not delay. It means more specifically in Hebrew that it will come at the perfect time. At the perfect time. The revelation that God has given you to carry, it is not only going to give you the strength and endurance to run as a herald, but it is going to be fulfilled at the perfect time. I've watched many men and women of God come in this ministry, be raised up, grow in their call. And when they get to the point where they feel like that the revelation may not have been completely accurate, maybe the Lord hasn't called me to go to this nation. Maybe the Lord hasn't spoken this of what my future looks like. God would begin to revive that revelation within them. 
and there would become a strength and a vigor and an endurance that says, yes, he's called me to this country. So you know what? The men and women of God that are being raised up in here, you're going to go to Aswan in the name of Jesus. You are going to go to Israel in the name of Jesus. You are going to fulfill God's purpose and the call for which he has designed you to carry the revelation that he's given you. When we run with confidence, we are displaying the glory of God on our shoulders as carriers of the revelation. Come on, everybody, just lean back, lift up your heads a little bit. I want you to find confidence. You're sitting in this seat because God has given you revelation and thereby he has made you a carrier of the revelation. Know that he has given you something divine from heaven. He called you to run with it. He called you to carry it on your shoulders. And it's going to be him that's going to fulfill it through you. Come on, let's carry on in Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2, we're going to start in verse 10. Say carriers when you get there. Good job, Elijah. (laughs) Daniel chapter 2 in verse 10. It says this. The astrologers answered the king. There is not a man on earth who can do what the king asks. No king, however great and mighty, has ever asked such a thing of any magician or any enchanter or any astrologer. What the king asks is just too difficult. No one can reveal it to the king except the gods. And they do not live among men. What is the ask here? I need you to tell me what I dreamed and then interpret it. I need you to tell me the whole enchilada here. I need to yeah. know what I'm supposed to know, and then I need you to tell me what I, well, how to do it. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. This is too difficult. I mean, I mean, you want me to actually be a carrier of revelation? I mean, I know that's technically my job and all, but no, that's just too hard. No one can hear from the heavens like that. Wow. It's probably because these were just worldly carriers of a worldly revelation. What's too difficult? Yeah, see, because I can no longer base this on false revelation. I I can no longer just tell you what sounds to be good that I'm pretending like I heard from the Lord. You mean I actually have to hear from the heavens? You You mean I have to be a carrier of the revelation? That's just too difficult. No king has ever asked for that before. Uh huh. No one can bring this revelation and reveal it to the king except for the gods. Wow. See, what they learned in that moment, these Babylonian enchanters, magicians, astrologers said, we can't fake this. We, we got to a point now, we can no longer just talk our way out of it. Come on now. I'm looking across this family of mine that I love so much, and I know we got some good talkers. We, we got some people who think they can talk their way out of just about everything. Anybody ever been in a place where you realized you couldn't talk your way out of it? Sometimes that's a painful experience to figure that out. Actually, it's always a painful experience to figure that out. (laughs) See, you can't just make this up. We're not asking you to make up revelation on your own. See, see, they, these enchanters are saying the gods don't live among men. Yeah, yeah, not among men who aren't carriers. See, these guys were carriers of a comfortable conforming kind of Christ. And they weren't able to carry the real revelation with all that it costs. Look at verse 12. 
This made the king so angry and furious. How, how mad are you if you're angry and then you're furious? <laughs> First we're going to kill him, then we're going to really kill him. Wait, wait. You're, the, the picture here is that his nose is flaring. There's like steam coming from him. And he's got a fire on the inside of him. It's coming out and it's, and it's within. There's a fire that's in him. And he's like, I am so angry that he ordered the execution of all the wise men in Babylon. <laughs> Let me give you the current context. I'm looking at uh, the Rosales brothers. Sons of thunder, man. It'd be like saying, you guys messed up the concrete in my garage. Therefore, all concrete guys in the state of Texas should die. <laughs> That's a concrete statement. Wow. Wow. My guys couldn't do it, so you're all dead. One guy messed up the paint job, and that's it. No one, all painters, gone. That could happen. <laughs> you want to talk about changing from an essential business to becoming immediately dispensable. This is it right here. Yeah. So the decree was issued to put the wise men to death, and men were sent to look for Daniel and his friends to put them to death. You know what that means? That means that everybody understood that Daniel and the three Hebrew children were wise men. Mm. See, they got there. Can I tell you something, church? It is always a life and death struggle for you to be a carrier of the revelation. Yeah, it is. See, you're looking at it, and you're like, wow, what's going on in Daniel's life? No, it got serious there. Yeah, it's always serious for us. It's serious for us to be carriers of the revelation of God. It is a serious thing. It's always life and death struggle. You just may not know it yet. So you may think it's okay to make your own decisions, to make your own plans, but God is teaching this group of people, and he's saying, you're carriers. You're carriers. I'm going to give you the revelation that you need. Don't think that you're in a different position than Daniel. See, we... We've got to be carriers of death at a great cost. That's the only CDC that I want to align myself with. Let's look down at verse 17 as Pastor Matt takes over. Oh, we've got to say it again, man. That was just too clever. Carriers of death at a great cost. That's the only CDC that we want to be a part of. Amen. Amen. Verse 17, then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael and Azariah. Oh, that, that conversation had some emphasis to it. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery. So that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. See, Daniel, when faced with the news of certain death, he sought out the aid of his companions. He ran to those brothers that he knew could hear the voice and thereby receive the revelation of heaven. Probably looks something like, hey, let's go seek the God of heaven for some revelation. Our lives are at stake about this. When you receive that revelation from the God of heaven, you are certain that it will carry you from death to life. It will sustain you. It will revive you. It will bring resurrection power. Beginning in your own soul. Revelation that carries salvation to the captives of carnality. 
Because by bringing this revelation, by carrying it to the king of Babylon, who else was also being spared from death? All the rest. All the rest of the clowns of the kingdom who couldn't interpret rightly, who did not have the access that Daniel and his three friends had. They brought salvation to the lost. See, Daniel and his friends were not captives of carnality nor of Babylon. They were carriers of the revelation that would bring revival. It would bring praise or bring honor to the living God. What was the mystery to these men was only understood through the revelation from the God of heaven. Much like the mystery of Christ being revealed to the carriers of the hope of Israel. Amen. Let's carry on in Luke chapter 2. Everybody turn to Luke chapter 2. We're going to look at verse 25. Say carriers when you're there. All right. Once you get to Luke chapter 2, I want you to look at your name and say, it's about to get good. Look at the other neighbor that you didn't want to talk to. Say the same thing to them. It's about to get good. Luke chapter 2 and verse 25 says this. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting. Justin Treister, I hope you understand what I'm trying to say to you. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Come on now. Though Habakkuk says this, though it linger, what are you supposed to do? Wait Wait for it. it. Why? Because it will come and it will not delay. It will arrive at just the right moment. Now we see Simeon standing here, an older man, and he's saying, I'm still standing. And the Lord has told me something. I am still waiting on what Habakkuk prophesied about. I'm still waiting on the same thing that Joseph, the reason that he had people carry his bones around. I am still waiting on the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Can I encourage you that when you're waiting for the right thing, the Holy Spirit will be upon you. He will be there with you. It had been revealed. Somebody say revealed. Revealed. To him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Christ. Moved by the Spirit. Come on. I saw Miss Joe when she prophesied today. She was moved by the Spirit. Yeah. Goodness gracious. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. He was already a carrier of revelation. He just didn't realize how much revelation he was about to get. Yeah. Yeah. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for Jesus what the custom of the law required. Oh, interesting. The parents of this Jewish boy, this Jewish child were following Jewish customs. Hmm. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Imagine what it's like. We got so many babies. So many babies. Got more to come. I love it. Amen. It's one thing when you look at, I see Nolan holding Caleb in his arms right now. It's, it's one thing to have a baby that you're holding in your arms. Simeon is holding the Messiah in his hands. Why? Because he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Goodness gracious. See, Simeon is a carrier. He's, he's carrying the very revelation of the heavens the in literal form. See, the Holy Spirit was on him. 
Because he was waiting for that which would come and would not delay. It would not fail to be exactly what the God of all creation determined it to be. He was a carrier of revelation about his own life. The Lord told him, you personally, Simeon, are not going to die until you see the Lord's Christ. But what happens when the revelation that you get about your life starts to blossom and you start to see it and what it's supposed to do for others? 29, this is what Simeon says. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised. Man, I, I would like to move on, but I don't think I can right now. I don't think I can go on. I want to talk to you about as God has promised you. Pastor was just saying this a moment ago. I'm going to come back again because we need to have understand that we are carriers of His revelation. Yeah. That means that you can trust in His promise. Amen. What has the Lord promised you, church? Yeah. What has the Lord spoken to you as individuals? I promise you, He's got a revelation for you, but it's not only for you. Amen. It's for you to take hold of it, not put it aside, not set down the ark, not set down the bones, not set down what God is revealing to you, but you're supposed to carry it. You're supposed to lift it up and walk with it exactly where God told you to go. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you now dismiss your servant in peace. My goodness gracious. Man, I got such a revelation from the Lord. Yeah, you could just take me home now, Jesus. I I see what you're doing. I got it. It's like my whole life is fulfilled because I'm a carrier of of the revelation. For my eyes have seen your salvation. My eyes have seen your salvation. But all he saw was a baby. Yeah, but when you're a carrier of the revelation, that baby is not just a baby. I have seen your salvation which you've prepared in the sight of all people. See, God doesn't do this so it's tucked away in a corner somewhere. He's doing it for all people to be able to see. Listen to verse 32. A light for revelation to the Gentiles. There's a revelation that the Gentiles need to be a part of. That this is what God is doing here. And, somebody say and. Oh my goodness. You mean there's more? Yeah, there's more. Yeah. It's not either or, not a revelation, a light for revelation to the Gentiles or for glory to your people Israel. This is a both and church. Amen. This is we see that the both of these things are working. A revelation that does not address the glory of God's people and the revelation to the Gentiles is no revelation from heaven. You have to understand that we are co-heirs. Somebody say co-heirs. Co-heirs. We are co-heirs with Israel in the promises of God. This is the revelation that is appearing. Simeon is articulating this in a beautiful way. See, my eyes have seen it. It's been revealed to me. And now I understand that it's not just for me, though. Simeon's lifespan was determined on what he's seeing here. And he says, that's awesome. I will lay down my life so I can continue to be a carrier of this revelation to all of mankind. I've got to do something with it. I've got to go somewhere with it. See, we are carriers of the revelation. We are carriers of the same revelation that Simeon had, that Daniel had, that the priest had, that Joseph had, that Joshua had. We are carriers of the revelation of the heavens. Well, turn to Matthew chapter 21. Say carriers. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once 
you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, tell them that the Lord needs them. And he will send them right away. Saints, what we're reading here in Matthew chapter 21 is known as the triumphal entry. This is the beginning of it. Today, this Sunday, is Palm Sunday. That we are focusing now on this text. Passover is this next Wednesday. Thereby making today Palm Sunday. And we're looking at the progression of the triumphal entry. See, our concern this morning is not about being a carrier of the coronavirus. No COVID-19 carriers here. Instead, you know what we're focused on? We're focused on being carriers of the revelation of Jesus Christ. To hold within our arms like Simeon did, that fulfillment of the ages, the revelation of Jesus that's going to be the consolation of Israel. But as we read this, he sent for a donkey and a colt. This is how the king of kings chose to make his entrance. I mean, forget the Lamborghini. Forget the Rolls Royce or a stretch limo. Give me two donkeys. I'm going to ride in. I'm going to show you what kind of triumph I got. There's a message in this. He chose a donkey with her colt to be carriers of the revelation of who he was. Meaning that you have an older, mature beast of burden. This is the donkey. That's yoked to a younger, a colt that's inexperienced. And that together, they would carry the revelation of Jesus. That this younger, mature beast of burden is the nation of Israel. And us Gentiles are the younger, inexperienced cult that is tied to it. Israel is the older donkey. We Gentiles are the younger cult that's yoked with it. We need that attachment. We need that instruction. How do we carry this out? I mean, we're, we're just discovering the basic language and the meanings of simple words in everyday life in the Hebrew, word, uh, Hebrew language. And just studying what n- normal language in the Bible is, is bringing revelation of Jesus left and right. How much more then is there to discover as we are yoked to the older, mature carriers of the revelation of Jesus? There's a requirement, though. In order to be a carrier of the revelation of Jesus. For both the donkey and the colt. Equally. He said untie them. And bring them to me. Meaning. They must become separate. They must divide. They must come out from underneath the yoke of their worldly master. Both is required for Israel and the, the Gentiles. Untie yourself from the yoke. And the mastery of this world. This is similar to what we mentioned earlier about the word poles. And that the root word for poles is to separate. To divide. Become unattached to the world. And stripped of your thorny exterior. See the the Lord's goal. 
was that both were to be used as carriers of the revelation. And much in the same way, to the Ark of the Testimony carrying the revelation, the donkeys had to be separated from their worldly master in order to be used as carriers of the revelation of Jesus, the triumphant King of Heaven. That the Ark of the Covenant was actually made of acacia wood as well. The poles that were attached to it were made of acacia wood as well. They had to become separate, divided from the attachment of the world, stripped of its outer exterior, clad with gold, so that it could carry this revelation to the nations. Come on, let's look at the next verse. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. What is, what is another way to translate that? That's to say there was one revelation that they were supposed to be carrying. Yeah. There was one revelation. Yeah. Say to the daughter of Zion, mm. See, your king comes to you, gentle, and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, like Joseph, the testimony of Christ was carried by words of prophecy that are being ever made more certain as we see them carried out. See, like the priest, the revelation of Christ was carried by the consecrated, divided, distinct people group. See, like Daniel, the revelation of Christ as Savior was not carried by the compromise, not carried by the counterfeit religion of the day, but it was carried by real men of God. Verse 6, the disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them. See, to be a carrier of the revelation of Christ, your obedience is vital. It has to be without question. You want me to go and find a donkey? Oh, I'm sorry. You want me to find a donkey and its little kid? You want me to find two donkeys? That's what you want me to do? Yes, go do exactly what it said. See, because our God doesn't come in the fancy Jesus didn't come on a stage. He came in a manger. See, he didn't come to be recognized by those who had some type of counterfeit revelation. He was coming for those who would seek truth, who would seek the reality. These disciples were doing that. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them. And Jesus sat on them. Okay. Let me help you. They brought their cloaks and put it on them, the donkeys. And then Jesus sat on them, the coats, the cloaks. Right? If not, we're riding in some, uh, some uh, Wild West uh, show where he's got one foot on one donkey and one foot on another. <laughs> what did he sit upon? He sat upon their cloaks. Yeah. He was riding... He was being carried on their garments. Does that make sense? Come on. Y'all ready? You ready? I found something out. Let's get some revelation, Pastor. Okay. In Hebrew, the word for clothes or cloaks is the exact same word as the word poles. Exactly the same word. This is not about removing lettering or changing things. They are the same word. Because your clothes, the fabric had to be divided and separated to be made into your clothing. And the poles had to be divided from the tree and be used to carry the ark. It is one picture, church. All the way back from the bones of Joseph, we're seeing that God's intent was that those that have been separated are able to carry Be carriers of a divine revelation. It's all the way through. And we're literally seeing it here 
enacted as Jesus is marching into Jerusalem in the triumphal entry. It is so much so. Look at verse 8. In case you missed it, because I did until yesterday. A very large crowd. Listen to what the large crowd did. In case you think I'm just making this up. The very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others got and cut poles from the trees and spread them on the road. What they were doing in this moment is showing you that whether it was the poles that carried the Ark of the Covenant or whether it was the cloaks that Jesus was now riding upon, it's the same thing. They're both designed to be carriers and they are literally helping to carry the message of revelation of Jesus Christ to the world. See, it was echoing. It was reverberating. Come on now. It cut both the branches and their own garments, which are really saying the exact same thing. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 9. We're going to look at where this revelation originated at. Say, I'm a carrier whenever you get there. Zechariah 9 verse 8. But I will defend my house against marauding forces. Never again will an oppressor overrun my people, for now I am keeping watch. So this was spoken spoken through the prophet Zechariah during a time of devastation and oppression. Much like the time period that it's reminded when Jesus is making his triumphal entry. The Romans had oppressed all of Israel. And the revelation was given in order to revive a hope of what was to come. A revelation that was to be carried to the afflicted and the oppressed. That God was going to be defending his house through the carriers of revelation. That Zechariah stood as an ambassador of heaven, as a carrier of the revelation. That would bring hope and revival of God's upcoming fulfillment and liberation. You know, personally for me. I became a carrier of the revelation at the age of 16 in my bedroom. And I said, Lord, take the throne of my life. I have no ownership or possession of my own life. Because I realized that my own revelation had just led to death. And I relinquish complete right and ownership to it. And as a result, he gave me revelation. Revelation of Jesus. He made me a carrier of that revelation. And through the endurance and opposition over the course of years, that revelation has not stopped. The carrying of that revelation hasn't ceased. It's only grown. It gives me confidence to continue to be a carrier and to make more carriers of that revelation. Verse 9 says this. Of what we see in Matthew 21. Rejoice greatly, O daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. See, this, this passage in Zechariah is what Matthew is quoting. But he does not include the phrase, righteous and having salvation. If you compare the two, the quotation in Matthew it does not include righteous and in having salvation. See, 
the, this passage would have been familiar, intimately familiar, with Matthew's audience. So let me do something for you real quick. I'm going to count. I'm going to start with one, two, three, five. What number just came to mind? Did I say four? But you thought it, right? That my omission of it actually brought greater attention to it. It highlighted a revelation. See, what, what Matthew is doing is a literary device that through the omission of righteous and having salvation would be for the purpose of drawing to mind of the readers the revelation of Jesus, what he actually came to do. This is similar to Jesus stating the Ten Commandments to the rich young ruler while omitting the one commandment the young ruler had desperately needed. See, the people of Israel understood the revelation that was being transmitted to them. Say transmitted. Transmitted. That righteousness and salvation had arrived in Jesus. But they were now responsible to become carriers of the revelation that they had received. It's been displayed before them. This is the revelation that we carry as well. The responsibility to carry righteousness and salvation. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 21. As we get ready to close here on this Palm Sunday in just a few minutes. Matthew chapter 21, we want to pick it up in verse 9. Matthew 21, 9 says this. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed. Well, that sounds like a relay race to me, Miss Joe. Those that went ahead of him and that followed shouted. Shouted behind him, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Man, did you guys feel the the weight of God's presence today while we were singing Hosanna? Man, I'm not quite sure, but I think I almost heard the angels singing with us. I mean, it is a special day. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred. Yeah, that's what happens when you actually are carriers of the divine revelation. It stirred the entire city. And they asked, who is this? The crowds answered, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Listen to this. Jesus entered the temple area and drove out. Somebody say drove out. Drove out. Man, he was creating a separation, a distinction, a division of all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Wow, we've gone over this kind of concept a lot in this church. But listen to how special this is. It is written. Jesus said to them, my house. Somebody say, my house. My house. Come on now, parents. You understand what it's like to say, my house. In my house, you're not going to do that. In my house, you are going to do this. And Jesus says, in my house, it's going to be called a house of prayer. You know what he's doing? He's referencing back to the Tanakh. He's saying, there is a singular revelation in my house. Somebody say, my house. is going to be called a house of prayer. But you are making it a den of robbers. The ultimate carrier of revelation, Jesus Christ himself, is causing a distinction here. He's trying to say, can you call your house a house of prayer? Are you able to call your house a house of prayer? Because Jesus can. He said, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer. And if we are walking together with him, can you feel that the Lord is encouraging us as a church to be more dedicated in our prayer? I mean, we are... We are yes, he is. Uh, we, are, we devour the word. Man, we love worship. Can you feel that the Lord is building into us? He's saying, yeah, by the way, don't forget, my house is a house of prayer. 
Don't you forget that you're supposed to be communing with me in a special way. See, if you're going to be a carrier of the revelation, you got to have the word, you got to have the spirit, and you got to have the incense of prayers going up before the Lord. If you're going to get into a holy place, you got to have all three things functioning. And Jesus is telling them that. And after he gets this in order, after he gets it in order, look what happens in verse 14, the very next thing. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. Immediately, he gets his house in order. You got the the table of showbread. You got the menorah of God's spirit. And you got the incense rising, right? You got these things worked out. And immediately, people begin to get healed. The blind, the lame begin to get healed. By the way, church, do you know what else happens when you heal a blind and a lame person? Come on. They are now qualified to become carriers of the presence themselves. They were not allowed in the tabernacle. They were not allowed in the temple, rather. They could not enter in where God's presence were because their body, their, their frailty, their limitations kept them out. But now Jesus said, you know what? Now, I've got it in the right order. I will heal you so that you can go and enter in where my presence remains. But when they, the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children, somebody say children. Children. Come on, we have a good homiletic going on right this minute. We got children shouting out in God's presence. These children were shouting out, Hosanna to the son of David. You know what it did to the leaders though? Those who had not divided themselves, those who were counterfeit in what was going on, they became indignant. Huh. Even the children, the most simple and pure, were able to carry the revelation of who God is. The children were proclaiming God in a way that caused people's hearts to be moved. They got angry. They got sad. They got happy. They got glad. They got something because even the children were becoming carriers of the revelation. See, being a carrier will liberate. It's going to heal. It's going to qualify. It's not going to quarantine. It's going to qualify. And simultaneously cause others to become indignant at God's presence moving, and they see that it's working even in the most pure-hearted, even in the most simple, how God is moving on them. Come on, this is an important thing for us to know, that when Jesus gets his house in order, when we dedicate it to being a house of prayer, there are miracles that happen. Do you remember, do you remember our last service where the Lord said he's going to start putting healing in our hands? Do you remember that or not? See, the way that these things happen are we dedicate ourselves to the Word. We dedicate ourselves to the Spirit. We become the house of prayer that He desires and healings, miracles flow. Why? Just so you can see somebody healed? No. So they can be qualified to become the same kind of carrier that you are. This is where we're moving, church. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 1. Say carrier whenever you're there. The revelation of Jesus Christ. This is what Pastor mentioned earlier. Why this book, the last book of our Bible, is called Revelation. Because it is a singular revelation of Jesus Christ. And everything that is written beyond this point ties back to this one singular revelation. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. 
he made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. What John is writing about is something that was transmitted to him by the sending of God's angel. A messenger that would bring a revelation from heaven that then put the responsibility on John's shoulders to carry that revelation. And he would carry that revelation of what he saw and testified to. He was a first-hand witness of the revelation of Jesus Christ. He saw the word of God bringing righteousness and salvation. He saw the testimony of Jesus, the Messiah, bringing healing and revival everywhere that he went. He was a carrier of the revelation that made him righteous and brought salvation to his very own soul. He continues in verse 3, saying, Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take it to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. There's a double blessing when you receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. There's an empowerment to be a carrier. You're able to endure and go to the end and see that revelation fulfilled at the perfect time. It was a blessing for John to be a carrier of this revelation so that we could be blessed to be a carrier of the revelation as well. Well, how much do we benefit from John's ability to testify of what he saw, of what he heard, of what he put his hands on? Amen. What does that do for you? It gives you confidence to hold your heads up high as a carrier of that same revelation of what you have seen, of what you have heard, of what your hands have done to bring healing and salvation and righteousness to the world. See, when I became a carrier of the revelation of Jesus, I couldn't be stopped and proclaiming it to others. Unstoppable, baby. You couldn't shut me up. I played the guitar in my high school lunchroom. Worship songs coming out of me. I began to gather those who wanted that same infection of heaven to be carriers of the revelation of Jesus. I was having dinner rolls and meatballs thrown at me by pastor's sons. Because the revelation of Jesus Christ was condemning their sinful state. But I was calling them to become divided and separate from the world. And eventually they did. See, as a carrier of the revelation of Jesus, I'm not going into remission. Oh, there's no healing from this. There is nothing but empowerment from heaven. In fact, I'm going to go further in being a carrier of the revelation of Jesus Christ. I'm going to have a fever from heaven. I'm going to be hot and ablaze with something greater than 100.4. or Yeah, 100.4 degrees. I'm going to be filled with the word and the spirit of God that testifies inside of me. And everybody I put my hands on, I'm going to see them healed in the name of Jesus. Everyone that my words affect are going to bring the power of being a carrier of the revelation of Jesus and see them uprooted from the world just as I was. Turn with us to our final scripture of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to take a look at starting in verse 7. Say carriers when you get there. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Come on, it says this. But we have this treasure. This treasure, come on now, 
We have Joseph's bones. We have the Ark of the Testimony. We have the divine revelation of heaven. We have more than just little eight pound, three ounce baby Jesus. We've got this treasure. Where? In jars of clay. That means that we are carrying them. See the jars of clay, the poles of the acacia wood, the thorny stripped wood that's there, the jars of clay, like the donkeys that were carrying not only provision to Joseph's father, but carrying Jesus Christ in Jerusalem. Lowly little beast of burden, stubborn as all get out. <laughs> but being used as carriers of revelation. Yeah. The jars yeah. of clay, the cloaks of our own deeds that we lay down before Christ, that He might be enthroned upon, that He might be carried upon. See, all of this is so that the all-surpassing power of God all surpassing power of God. We will know that it is from Him and not from us. See, when you realize that you're just a donkey carrying somebody who's divine, you realize that you're just a pole carrying the very presence of God, you just realize that what's going on is that you are supposed to be carriers of the divine. You forget about you and you focus on the divine. You focus on the revelation. It's His all-surpassing power. It's from God and it's not for us. From us. Look at verse 8. We are hard-pressed on every side. Yeah, we are. Yeah, but we're those who give them no quarter. We are hard-pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. Hear the words of the Lord to this church today. You might be hard-pressed on every side, but you are not crushed. Amen. You might be perplexed at what you need to do next, but you are not in despair. Amen. Come on, if we will just take the word of God, there are some of you that need to hear that. Some of you like to sink into despair. You don't like it. You just get really good at it. You are not supposed to be in despair. Why? Because you might be perplexed, but you're not in despair. You might be persecuted, but he has not abandoned you. He promised you, got, you might have to wait for it. It might be lingering here, but it will come and it will not delay. Persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. Man, the difficulties always abound for those who are carriers. It did for Joseph. It did for Daniel. It did for the priest. It did for Israel. It's going to do the same thing for us. Look at verse 10. We always carry around. We always carry around in our body. The death of Jesus. Come on, in Genesis, they were carrying around the bones of Joseph. What are you and I supposed to be carriers of? We're supposed to have the death of Jesus Christ that we are carrying around. Do we carry it around and put it down sometime? No. No. We always carry it around. We have this death of Christ that is working in us. Why? So that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in this carrier. That the life of God, that the resurrection power of God is at work in us, church. We always carry this around. We are always designed to carry the bones of revelation, the ark of revelation. We're designed to carry the revelation. Why? Because Christ is being formed in us. Amen. He is being seen through us. He is being seen because of what we are carrying, church. Now we've got to carry the revelation and we've got to carry it to the world. Amen. Saints, on this Palm Sunday, as we're commemorating, celebrating the triumphal entry of our King, We want to remind you that the king will return to reclaim his rightful inheritance. Today is a day of remembrance of that fact. 
That He has revealed Himself to us. Say has. Has. That He is revealing Himself to us. Say is. Is. That He will reveal Himself to us. Say will. Will. He has raised the banner declaring no quarter will be given to the powers in the heavenly realms or to those that follow them. See, he seeks to redeem his people and his territory. So we must be carriers of the revelation that brings redemption. He came to reclaim what the enemy has stolen. So we must be carriers of the revelation that brings reconciliation. Church, he seeks to purify and sanctify the temple. See, he seeks to purify and sanctify you in this process. So we've got to be carriers of his revealed holy presence. Uh, Like the donkey and the colt, we are carriers of the revelation to the Gentiles and to the lost sons of Israel. Church, we are carrying the triumphant revelation of Christ. And by doing that, it will separate you from the control of fear and despair. We are carrying the triumphant revelation of Christ that will strengthen you with all power and endurance. Carrying the triumphant revelation of Christ will put you in conflict with this world system at every turn. Carrying the triumphant revelation of Christ will cause your death and actually bring them life. If you're ready. If you're really ready to be a carrier of the revelation of Jesus Christ, you're willing to pay the cost even with your own life. I'm saying, will you stand with me now? Will you raise your hands and your heads up towards heaven? Relinquish anything that is an attachment to this world. Let the Lord of heaven begin to strip off any remaining outer bark of your sinful nature. And you say, Lord, empower me. Empower me to be a carrier of your revelation. Empower me to bring a a beast of burden that can bring you glory. That, Lord, we lay down our righteous deeds before you. That you may be seated and enthroned upon them. Lord, we say, cover us with your divinity. And let us bring you glory by being carriers of your divine revelation. Lord, we say right now, let your name be glorified in this family of believers. Let your name be glorified in these carriers of the revelation of who you are. We pray for your empowerment upon them right now. Lord, the power to preach the gospel and watch lives be transformed. The power for their hands to heal those that are sick and seek heal. Lord, power in their hands to see the dead raised. Physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. Lord, we glorify your name. Lord, we say let your praises come and fill this temple. Fill us with your spirit, mighty God. Come on, long for it, saints. Long for it. Ask it. Beckon him. Lord, empower me. Empower me with the confidence. Empower me by your spirit, Lord God. Fill us with your spirit.